Hello and welcome back to JK We're Mature, the podcast talking about things that young people care about. This week we're talking about dating in high school as part of our high school mini-series. So Jack, what would you say are your qualifications to talk about a relationship? I've been in one. I'm in one. <laughs> That's it. Um, That's it. <laughs> I'm actually probably less qualified than most people because I've only been in one relationship, but it's been healthy and we're coming up on the two-year mark now so well congratulations thank you oh and also um happy thanksgiving to everyone or all six of you all six of you yes well this is in the past happy thanksgiving from later us i guess from yeah from (laughs) (laughs) yeah either way happy thanksgiving um i guess i would say my qualifications are i've been in one relationship that was i would not say it was negative but I wouldn't say it was positive if that makes sense but I've been in also like attempts at relationships if that makes sense like the talking stage I've been in quite a few of those which I didn't realize until I mentioned it to someone else um which is fun yeah that's a weird period for everyone like that kind of yeah yeah I never got out of a couple of those but that's it's fine so I guess we like we don't have any directly negative things to talk about but we do have some negatives relationship counselors or anything no (laughs) nobody take our advice (laughs) and use it and then get us in trouble we're not promising anything i swear just dummies we're trying uh let's get right into some of the key topics we're going to discuss right okay Um, um i know you mentioned that you wanted to talk about dating for marriage what are your opinions on that um i think it's a lot of more religious reasons. Uh, I had talked about this with a couple of our friends and tried to get their opinions because for me, I don't see, like, there are ideas where you don't date until you're genuinely looking for a relationship, until you're, like, grown up, you're looking for marriage, if that's what you want. And I get, like, I guess I understand that, but I also don't get how you would know what you want if you haven't, I guess, practiced in large quotations or if you haven't met people who have what you want or fill some standards of yours. So that's... That definitely makes sense. Yeah. I I would agree. You can't really, at least with everyone, you can't put them in the same situation and expect the same outcome. Yeah. For most people, you need a trial run at everything. (laughs) It doesn't mean that it's any less important. Yeah. It just means that you need practice. It's like anything. You can't be immediately good at relationships. Yeah, no, it's it's hard. There's um, a lot of stumbling around in the dark. <laughs> I'd say for me, part of the stumbling around in the dark is especially because of society's expression of it, and especially in media forms is what I found, is what I went into a lot of these almost relationships or my relationship wanting was wildly different than what happened because it's like media stops at the first kiss in that magical moment, and then it's it's hard. Honestly, it's way harder than they show you, and it's crazy. It's it's sensationalized in teen media a lot. Right. Like Netflix original movies and, yeah. you know, shows like Riverdale. Ugh. <laughs> the sign <sighs> of the cross. <laughs> um, it's, yeah. But it's a lot more normal than movies make it out to be. It's the same as anything in real yeah. life is that it uh, it's not always going to be exciting. Well, that doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. It just means that's how it is. So I was talking to a couple of people and we were talking about you and your relationship. And one of us brought up how 
not that it was weird that it was successful because I know you and I know um, your partner and you're very wonderful people, but just weird that we had to bring up that it was seemingly a healthy relationship, if that makes sense. Yeah, as in, it's not as common to have healthy relationships among kids Yeah, uh, as it is in uh, adults. I mean, I know I did my fair share of complaining about the relationship I was in, and that's not to say this person was not a good person. It's just we didn't gel well, and, like, yeah, I was a crap person, too. I was learning, but it's just, yeah, it's everyone you always hear the bad about a lot of people and it's so it just it's weird to hear the good if that makes sense it's not weird that it's good i wish you all the best but it's yeah just, no i, I understand weird. what you mean it's uncommon for people yeah at this age to be that well adjusted <laughs> i think good job for you guys well it's not like we have it all together um, yeah just we have it together when it comes to each other yeah that's good um yeah, and I think a lot of that comes from personal growth right? and the confidence to admit your faults and flaws. Right, yeah. Because that's... when you're willing to compromise and accept that maybe you did something wrong, you don't get into conflicts as much. Like, we never argue, my girlfriend and I. Yeah, <laughs> that's something people say is absolutely crazy. You don't argue, you don't... And it's not Fight. unhealthy to argue once in a while. Yeah. It's unhealthy to get into a rage. Like, disagreements yeah. are fine. Yeah, it's fighting. That's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. But which it's weird. kind of bleeds into toxic relationships, which we also wanted to talk about. Yeah. I think I personally have seen a lot of what I would consider to be toxic relationships. Again, I'm not in these relationships most of the time. Um, and I don't see everything, but it's, again, it's weird how normalized it is to have a bad relationship or bad things happening that are toxic. Yeah. Um, I do think it comes with the territory of being a teenager and trying to figure things out. Yeah. Um, because toxic doesn't necessarily mean that either person is bad. It just means that yeah. they're not good right now or good for each other. Yeah. Which is hard to come to terms with, I think. But there are definitely people that are just bad, like <laughs> manipulative or abusive, whether that's Indeed. emotionally or physically. Yes. Just, and it's, they're yeah. like, there are a couple common red flags that come with toxic relationships. Right. So if you're in one and you're sad or you're angry all the time, like it's normal to be sad and angry sometimes. Yeah. But all the time, or if there's, tons of lies whether you're lying to them or they're lying to you mm. and deceit and if it's one-sided like if it seems that one person is doing all the work or that they're codependent that's not mutual that's like that's a parasitic relationship yeah. that's not really a healthy support system yeah i don't think like for me personally i just wanted to add one on um, I don't consider myself someone who has a lot of anxiety in general, but I realized after getting out of my previous relationship that I had gotten sick whenever I had was going to see them or I was going to hang out with them or be anywhere near them, I would get physically sick. So there you go. There's another little, if that happens to you, 
you might want to consider leaving because that's not fun and realizing that was really hard. It's interesting <laughs> that you say that because toward the beginning of my relationship, uh, which was beginning of grade 11, so right. about two years ago, yeah, I got not sick, but very, very nervous. Yeah. But I think it's it's important to tell the difference between like physically ill yeah. or nervous because you don't want to screw up and look like an idiot in front of someone that you like. Yeah. So yeah, there is a difference between the two, but I would get physically sick, which again is impressive from anxiety. Wow. I would never have expected that, but there you go. Oh, you have no idea. The wonders of the mind. <laughs> um, but there are some like green flags, I think that we talk a lot about red flags in society, but some green flags are like being happy, being able to be honest with your partner, being like feeling like you're able to trust someone. If you have a support system with this person, you can turn to them whenever you're going through a hard time or something's troubling you. And if there is mutual respect and mutual love or caring between the two of you, I think are some good like points to notice in your relationship. Absolutely. It should be give and take. Yeah. It, I, I've heard somewhere, it's a little cheesy, it sounds like an Instagram motivational quote, but relationships shouldn't be 50-50, they should be 100-100 sort of thing. Right, yeah. Where you're both complete by yourself, but being with the other person adds something, you know. Uh, right. Maybe it just makes you happier or you have someone to talk to regularly. But they also need someone to talk to, so that should be you. You can't just be getting free therapy from someone who wants a partner. <laughs> that, would, that would not be healthy. So to bring this back to high school relationships in particular, as we'd said earlier on, kids with limited experience, it's hard for them to discern what's a healthy and what's an unhealthy relationship. Because yeah. they've been, they're only surrounded with people just now figuring it out. And you make up your mind based on what you see. So maybe your parents' relationship or your friends' relationships yeah, or what you see on TV and movies. And it's especially hard to kind of make all these decisions for yourself about what should be normal for you when you've got nothing to compare it to but non-lived experiences nothing yeah, it's, personal it's kind of like the you are what you consume kind of idea like if you're only consuming one type of media that points you towards like the fluffy kind of relationship thing that's what you're going to imagine and that's what you're going to want from relationship and when that doesn't happen you're going to feel disappointed and think it maybe isn't right but i think there is a big placement in in entering high school on sex and everyone thinks it's like this big thing and it's so important and but like I remember in grade eight I got asked if I was a virgin from like one of my other classmates and at that time I had no idea what it was and then you go into high school and it's so like prevalent everyone's it, like talking about it and it's a big thing and it's crazy it's bizarre how much younger uh, it's becoming talked right. about oh my and I'm, I'm by no means approved like I understand and accept sexual liberation i think that's good for people yeah but it's so heavily saturated in the media that younger and younger kids are talking about it and it's not in the way that they should be learning about it yeah you know most kids 
learn about sex through like pornography yeah which, which is has a very <laughs> unhealthy uh fantasy inspired and pretty well misogynistic outlook on sex yeah and schools are kind of afraid to teach adequate sex ed you know yeah. they, they still stick to the uh what's it called abstinence mod model yeah i know i was definitely taught that at first and then coming into and meeting different people it was you get opened up to a lot more and it's kind of crazy so i came into high school from a catholic school and then i came into this public art school and coming into that transition was absolutely like crazy there was so much information overload from all these arts people who had like understood all these topics and had been taught these topics before me and just me seeing it from that point of view it seemed like I had to grow up quick in that kind of sense of the word. I had to learn all these terms and I had to learn um, all these new ideas towards sexuality and sex. And it was kind of overwhelming at first, to be honest. I could totally have... understand that. Yeah. Uh, Do you have the same thing? Well, yeah, I also went to a Catholic school before I went to high school. And it was, it was very much the same. You know, they weren't very comfortable talking about it at all. And they would no. always just say, well, the only way to 100%, you know, stay safe is to not do it or not do it before marriage. And I think in a, in a lesser extent, like, I'm not going to tell people who are religious what to do or not to do. Right. But kind of just like regular dating, how are you going to know what you like or what you're good at if you haven't tested the waters first? Right. Yeah, there's, I think that's part of the good thing about high school is there is a lot of room for experimentation because no one knows, like, has any idea what is going on and everyone's just trying stuff and they're switching from group to, like, clothing. And they're switching everything up and they're trying things, especially in our school. Our school was very liberal in allowing you to try new things, I think. Certainly. But, yeah. There, I think the issue, again, it always comes down to media consumption. Yeah. Is that because pop culture, at least in Canada and the United States, is so centered around sexuality. Right. Probably because it's marketable, but that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> um, kids get the idea, or high school students get the idea that they need to have sex to get it, or to like, to be a teenager. You know, right. there are certain things that you have to fulfill. Um, things you need to do a certain age or, or friends will all be always be like oh man you're still a virgin or something like that yeah and i also think it depends on gender um, right there's the the hormadonna complex yeah the attitudes towards sex yes. for both uh, yeah boys and girls yeah because i can speak from the female point of view i don't know how what i don't know how the whole attitude towards sex for you would have been uh, well, for me, it was, I had really good friends who aren't, you know, shallow and <laughs> right pedantic, but for, for a lot of guys, it would be like, dude, you're like 16 years old. Have, haven't you had sex yet? Or come on, man, you know, you're, you're 15. Why aren't you hooking up with girls and things like that? Right. And I'll let you talk before I finish up what my point was 
Um, I would say from my side of the view, there is a bit of, again, what I call the hormadonna complex. You're either, if you've had sex, you're either a slut or you're, if you're ever, you haven't had sex and you're a prude, it's the whole, you know, breakfast club. So I would say it's not outright. People aren't going to come out and say nasty things about it from my experience. It's just kind of, you feel the judgment is sort of it. And it, yeah. it's weird for me. Like, I don't, I think you should be able to talk about sex with the people you trust, but to have that judgment from people who might also be aware of it, if someone's told them or like something, it's like, that's weird. It's something personal you haven't shared with them. And it's like, I don't, I just don't get it. It's not your business. It's a strange thing how much people care about other people's sex lives. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's like a commodity for high school students. Right. But what I was going to say is that um, there's no right time, like one right time for everyone. Absolutely. It's definitely a case-by-case basis. And so, yeah, you know, your friend's shouldn't pressure you your partner shouldn't pressure you you're ready when you're ready and you'll know because i don't know you'll want you'll want to do it it's not just like a feeling of obligation yeah and if someone's guilting you into doing things you don't want to do that's another red flag of an unhealthy relationship we do also have to mention there are people who are either asexual or aromantic and they might not experience either of these attractions and I can imagine that's like absolutely overwhelming to be in such a society that places so much importance on romantic relationships and sexual rom- relationships and then not have that attraction and not be able to understand but feel forced to. So that's part of it. If, if you're feeling like that maybe you can relate to some of these, like look into it. It's like that's not, it's not bad to try new things out and to f- learn about new things, I think. And there's... For sure. Fascinating. There's no shame in trusting yourself with your identity and how you feel about certain things in short when it comes to sex trust reliable sources like i was going to say the education system but that's 50 50 not the education system (laughs) definitely not porn um if you can trust your parents talk to them about it i know that's not an option for a lot of people yeah or for many people but learn about it and trust yourself before you get into anything that you're not certain about. Yeah, this is also like to say, not just about sex, if you can find at least one person that you feel comfortable for, comfortable with and you feel like they have a good idea on your morals and you have similar morals and they have a good idea of what a relationship should be, either romantic or sexual or any mixture of both, talk to them genuinely talk to them and I hope you can find that person who you have that connection with and who you feel comfortable with. So one of the final points we want to talk about in this episode is something to do with sex and relationships which is consent and it's become increasingly more important. It's all it's it's always should have been important but it hasn't been up until just recently Um, and I think it's important that people who are getting into relationships for the first time understand the difference between yes and no. And there's also a difference between a begrudging yes and a resounding yes. 
Like if someone says yes because they feel like they're going to disappoint you or because they feel like they have to, then that's not really a yes. Yeah, there are, again, it's, you cannot give consent if you're underage. You cannot give consent if you're inebriated or drunk. I think Jack's right. There should always be consent and it should always have been talked about, but we're seeing a resurgence in people being comfortable to talk about it and making other people aware that consent is important and it's necessary. And no matter what, you should have it before you continue anything with your partner. And it doesn't always have to be, I think, a verbal yes. It has to be the other person willing and wanting to participate in the action. And if you need further confirmation, yes, you can ask for a yes or the person can provide a yes. But Absolutely. That's, that's a really good clarification point. And it doesn't just have to be for sexual activity, too. Right. There are lots of things that you can be pressured to do in a relationship and that that's another I guess a good test of red flag versus green flag ask yourself if you feel comfortable saying no to the person that you're dating yes absolutely I think part of um, what I experienced too was it's important again just not only for sexual experiences but for romantic ones too um, like for asking if you can kiss your partner, if it's like your first kiss as a couple or something along those lines, like you might need to ask this person because they might be feeling uncomfortable and it allows you the um, mindset to be like, ah, I am allowed to do this. And it, I don't know, I think it makes it better and more special for me personally, at least. Thank you for listening to JK Mature. This has been Jack and Kay talking about dating in high school. And hopefully you join us in two weeks for our Halloween episode where we read out some of our followers scariest stories and experiences if you would like to submit one of your own you can submit it on the google form either on our instagram page or on our youtube link thank you and have a good night and since it's my week to say the bad word here you are fuck goodbye don't forget to wear a condom <laughs>